In 2020, four friends decided to listen to every one of the greatest 500 albums as decided by Rolling Stone magazine. This resulted in a text chain that celebrated the music, excoriated the order, and led us to making this podcast. We are far from experts, and we promise to do almost no research. All opinions are our own, unless you disagree. Please sit back and enjoy. Beck did it better. This is album 49. This is easy to pronounce if you're smart like me. This is, oh no, I've been practicing this so much. Aquemini by Outcast. I'll tell you what, guys. Uh, this, as you know, it is summer, summer, summertime as the hit of the summer is. And definitely we didn't get any texts about that argument with us by some of our dumb shit listeners. But I wanted to tell you guys, shit. summertime to me means one thing. It's about seeing family, okay? And I'm seeing a couple thumbs down, and I'm not going to say from who. Okay, Aaron, so is that your thumb? Yeah, that's a that's way down, Aaron. Ooh, that's Aaron, impressive. That? Put that away. Uh, so this is a song about seeing the family over the summer, and I'll tell you what: there's a special subsection of people who love to see their family, and let's <laughs> listen to them right now. What's up, everybody? Welcome to K Rob K R O B. Listen, it's the summertime out there for everybody, and you know what that means meeting families, seeing the ones you love. But it also means something for special nephews and nieces out there. It's time for them to see their Uncle Russ. Oh, oh no, yeah. No. Wait, this should have been on what are the yes. gifts he's bringing to us? Did he yes. the game? I bet he must. We love it when we see our Uncle Russ. Oh, yes, it's Uncle yeah. Russ. What are the gifts he's bringing to us? Did he make a game? I bet he must. We love it when we see our Uncle Russ. Just like Simon needed Garfunkel, the summer ain't here till I see my uncle. He always has the best gifts for us, so I always love to see my Uncle Russ. I never know yeah. what he uh-huh. will bring. Will it be a shirt or a Bobby Heenan? We always ask daddy what we can get for him. He says Uncle Russ needs a hot girlfriend. Oh, yes, it's Uncle Russ. What are the gifts he's bringing to us? Did he make a game? I bet he must. We love it when we see our Uncle Russ. When you want to yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, can I do a song that's not about Uncle Russ moving back to the bus? I was like, there's no other choice. I, I couldn't. I tried all these other things and I kept singing Russ, Russ, Russ. I was like, the best part about this is it was literally my niece's birthday today and I got her nothing yet. So I've got to show up in like two weeks late. So this is like terrible timing. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Lauren. Hey, I got you another skunk costume Bobby Heenan. Hey, this is the fourth one you've given me. Why is that? Russell is obsessed with the skunk costume Bobby Heenan's that they have it. He always sends pictures of me. He's like, more skunk costume Bobby Heenan's. Why are they selling so many skunk costume Bobby? Or it's actually weasel costumes. So weasel. weasel. I was going to say, Russell, you got to get right Why are they selling the so price. many weasel Bobby Heenan's at that store? Like, how many can they possibly sell? Listen, Target executives know what kids love, and they love Bobby Heenan. <laughs> The brain the weasel. The weasel. Yeah. I mean, if they were selling the skunk ones, that would be bad. But the weasel ones, it makes complete I sense. I was thinking of the skunk toy I had growing up, which was, and I know what you guys are like, which skunk toy? But, oh, is He-Man. His his bad guy, his name was Stinkor. And his only thing is they look like a skunk and the toy actually stunk. I was like, oh, this must have been wrong. such a discounted toy that somebody bought me. Have we ever talked about this before? Speaking of Uncle Russ, nieces and nephews, last year, one of my nephews for his birthday got these jelly beans. That tastes terrible. So there's like essentially two red jelly beans in the box. One is a cherry jelly bean that tastes fantastic. And the other one is like a dishwater jelly bean that tastes terrible. So the whole point of the game is you either are going to get a poop flavored jelly bean or a grape flavored jelly bean. Have you guys ever done that? Yeah. Did you? I used used to be obsessed with those. I bought tons of those. And then I had one that came with the wheel. 
And I never forget one white one was like coconut. And then the, the other white one was uh, baby wipes. <laughs> and it tasted just like baby wipes smell. It was unbelievable. One was dirty socks. The gross tasting ones are so gross. Like you have to like wipe yes. your tongue out and yeah. drink water. They're oh, the, the worst was barf. And it tasted acidic when it got to the back <laughs> of your throat. And I was like, this is so good. This is just what I wanted. It's really I mean, genius. When yeah. I was a kid, I would have gone nuts. And my kids are like, I don't want to do this. I want to study. And I'm like, God, why are you studying? It's the summer. It's, it makes no sense. Okay. So Rob, let's think of a better joke to end that. Our nation's greatest scientists are spending time dreaming of horrible jelly bean concoctions rather than and, fixing problems like climate change. And you know what? I salute them. I salute yes. you, scientists <laughs> coming up with baby tissue. I mean, baby, think of a baby tissue right now. That's one of those smells you can know what it is. That's like, this is, a, this is I'm going to delete this, but I worked with a guy who oh, no. once smelled, he smelled, the room smelled terrible. The classroom, he goes, somebody hasn't changed their, um, some student hasn't changed their sanitary napkin. And I was like, oh, I was like, how is that a smell? Geez. You know, you know what I mean? Like I like picture pepperoni, picture baby what? wipes. Like that's a smell, you know, something in that house has gone terribly wrong. If that's the I, smell we, we that you can recognize, like, but you know it, but then you call no. it a sanitary napkin. I'm that's, so, that's half the problem too, is that no. you know to call Listen, it a, I'm a dad. I'm just trying to get Russell still, going. I'm just trying to get Russell going by saying sanitary napkin. I, I, this one is the, more this time, is the so. episode <laughs> I'm going to show with my future dates to show that I'm actually a good uncle. And now we're talking about. Sanitary napkins. Oh, I'm sorry, Russell. Do you not think women's hygiene is an important thing? Because it is. I have two daughters, and I still call it a sanitary napkin just to embarrass them. All right. Listen, I'm Big Boy Rob from Minnesota, and I'm with Big my... Big Boy Rob. I like that. I'm with my threesome double entendre 3000. Double entendre. So listen, uh, I'm a Gemini, at least when I'm with my friend, James. It's Gemini. Gemini. Uh, I've got Russ in Minnesota. Uh, Russ is a Virgo. He ver goes on a bunch of dates and nobody ver calls him back. Russell, how's it going? Oh, ouch, ouch. <laughs> Rob, you told us you were going to sell ads on this podcast just to pay the rent. $5 for a table dance and my share of the revenue is spent. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I've got Matt in Minneapolis. I don't know what Matt's Zodiac sign is, but I know his kid's a Leo. Listen, it was really hard to think of, to come up with a lot of puns for these. Matt, how are you you've doing? Been, yeah, you've been working, you've been hard, working hard this week, haven't you? Coming up with this episode. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm so actually busy. up in North Dakota. I'm up in North Dakota again, so oh, I'm doing wow. great. Yeah. I was wondering why the internet looks so shitty. Yeah, that's why I'm breaking up and you can't <laughs> hear me. <laughs> this is the very, that was very good. That was very good acting. I like that. I like uh, and I've got Aaron in California who just got back from a family trip and swears that he had a ton of fun. He was talking about it right before this podcast. <laughs> He's a he's a Pisces, a real Pisces of shit. Aaron, how are you doing? Hey, there's no slushy in my blood, Rob. I'm very excited to be here. And I'm going to tell you the true story. We have two Capricorns, a Taurus, and a Leo on this podcast. So tonight is the Tor Capricorn. We're doing portmanteaus. And I realized tonight that the word podcast is itself a portmanteau. So I'm very excited to be here. Aaron, you are so obsessed with toes. You even love portmanteaus. You know what I'm talking about? Lick those things. (laughs) 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 The last time I went out on a date and I asked her if I could do the torcapulicorn on her. Yeah. I did not get a call back. Yeah. Just tell her your your feet don't look good because you have poor man toes or whatever Aaron was talking about. I don't know. Uh, Guys, I hope these these puns I did haven't torn us apart. Tore us apart. Shit, I misdid the joke. Okay, King start Rob. over. <laughs> here we go. We're starting over. Okay, here we go. What's up, everybody? Welcome to K Rob K. These All puns right. haven't tore us apart. All right. Let's get into this week's rolling going. It's, 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 it's. 
time to see what everybody's up to. It's time for Rollin' Going. Oh, yeah. All right. I'm going to start my Rollin' Going this week. I had a very special uh, time this week. I got to do what uh, I think a lot of people have always wanted to do after listening to this podcast. I got to go on a date with Russell. Okay. Did? Wow. I was in the cities. I went on a date with Russell. And I will tell you what, I was absolutely blown away to be on a date with Russell. Now, before we get to being on a date with Russell, let me explain how this happened. I went and picked up my wife from the airport. Okay. And just like any time when you're picking up somebody from the airport, you wait in line. Picking up somebody at the airport is a nightmare. It's probably the worst thing of all time. And all of a sudden, I'm waiting in line for like 10 minutes. And all of a sudden, this guy behind me, as I get close, the guy behind me starts flashing his brights. And it's not just any brights. It's like pickup truck halogen brights. And he's flashing, flash, flashing. And I see him two cars <laughs> back, flash, flash, flashing. He's a car behind me, flash, flash, flash. He gets behind me, flash, flash, flash. I see Jenny about 100 yards away. And I say to myself, you don't, don't do this. Don't do what you're about to do. Don't do it. You, you know you shouldn't get out of the car. Don't get out of the car. It's going to be bad. You got can't help. Flex. Slam on the brakes. He's right behind me. I slam on the brakes. I get out of my car and I go, what the fuck are you doing? Why are you flashing your fucking lights at me? And this guy Whoa. gets out. He's about six, four. He's oh. this old dad from, I could probably tell you one of the two suburbs he was from easy. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like he's either, options. he's either a diner or Minnetonka. But yeah. He's probably really from like Wyzetta, but he says Minnetonka, but he gets out and he goes, I'm trying to get fucking over. And I go, we're all trying to get fucking over. You think we're driving through here for fun? We're picking somebody up from the airport. There's a cop five feet away from me. I go, he's flashing his brights on me. And then I turn to the cop and I go, what are you doing? I said, there's two guys outside of the cars yelling at each other. What are you doing right now? He did not say a word. He did not say a word. So then Jenny came over because Jenny's like, I heard you yelling at the guy. So I walked over, put the bag. I'm yelling at this guy, opening my trunk, putting the bag in. Jenny gives me a kiss. The guy pulls around me, picks up his person. So now he's like in front of me. So guess what? Sure kiss. What kind of kiss? What's your, what's your, yeah, what uh, kind of kiss was this? Yeah. Like, yeah, what's your tongue? airport kiss style? Rob? Like compare it to a movie. A little squeeze of the squeeze of the tush. She was, Ooh. she was kissing me on the cheek. Yeah, and I was like this, you motherfucker. Why are you flashing your lights at me like that? I was still yelling at him. I'm focused. Could you have taken him if it, if it really came down to a scrap, like a, a Muay Thai fight, who would have won? 100%. I was enraged. And he was, <laughs> he was an old guy. I mean, he was big driving. He's a big suburban dad driving a pickup truck. I would have taken him and I would have beat him so bad that I would have put him into a shake, rattle and roll just to humiliate him in front of his airport pickup. <laughs> Did you have your guitar with you in case you could have hit him with it or not? I would, I would have put him in like a sleeper hold and then had Jenny come over and do the hand up and down thing. Like... <laughs> What if, what if on the third one, he would, his hand would have came back up and he would have come back to life and whooped your ass in the middle of that airport parking race. I'll tell you what. Is the roll really the most effective move for an airport parking no. lot fight? I don't think so. He had done the, the Rick Rude one right over him. <laughs> I thought Rob was going to go with the old Bushwhackers final move, which he was just going to lick him all over. <laughs> I'm doing the Bushwhacker hand motion. <laughs> I would do the uh, Brutus the Barber. I'd cut off his l- luscious gray locks that he had. <laughs> that would be an amazing moment. Like if TMZ said weightlifting champion that never beat anyone in the, the weightlifting tournament. <laughs> no, we don't. Subtitle. Puts a guy to sleep in the airport parking lot then cut off his hair. That would be fantastic. <laughs> that would have been great. However, what I did end up doing is that he dr- probably even better and probably what my actual finishing move would be in a wrestling match. 
scurrying away <laughs> without trying to get in too much trouble because I realized I just yelled at a cop as well. Large man scurries away from a fight just like he scurried away from all the competition at the weightlifting event. But he Wait, still there's other people first. in this tournament? I'm out. I was going to cut off anybody's hair that I beat at the powerlifting tournament as well. <laughs> so the car's in front of me, right? And they're putting their bags in their trunk. So guess what I do? I start flashing my lights at him and he looks oh, back at what? me and he goes, <laughs> and I drove away. Didn't say anything else. I was like, this is the perfect conclusion to this. I could roll down the window and say something I'd regret, but I'm not going to, I'm just going to drive away. How, how long did it take you to cool down from this round? Oh, was it five minute Russell, cool down or did it take you to whole day? I'll tell you what, you know, when you're a teacher conflict is like just an everyday thing. It probably only took me about an hour and a half to two hours to finally not feel adrenaline coursing through my veins. And finally, listen. when Jenny was talking to me, all I heard was like this dull hum of like. You're like, this is a dull hub, a different dull hub than I normally hear when she's talking to you, right? <laughs> yeah. Normally, it's like a high pitch, really annoying hum. But this was a much more dull tone. Yeah. Huh? Usually when I hear that dull hum, I come in and she's sleeping and sweating, which is really <laughs> I'm like, what's going on in here? And she's like, huh? What? Ooh. The door is locked. Yeah. This self-locking door. Door's locked. She's got a picture of Russell up on her phone. I'm like, what's going on in here? Jeez, I don't know how that door locked. Yeah. I don't know. What's going on? Have you heard about this Uncle Russ? He's amazing. He gets gifts on, on time every yeah. time. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he never forgets your birthday. Rob, I, I'll just say this, Rob. We'll, I'll bring it back semi-serious. I do everything in my life to try to not get that adrenaline rush because i know i i'm kind of like i go zero to red on some of these situations Mm -hmm. particularly when i'm in a car for some reason i don't know and it just it ruins the next hour of my life and i try to get out of those situations i feel so much better if i just wave the guy by or something like that but no i i completely understand i applaud you personally for doing what you did but I, oh my goodness, I just, I, I, I can feel your adrenaline coursing through my, my veins right now. So. I had to edit it out, but where you said I was a hero, I'm not a hero. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think of myself <laughs> as a hero, but. Not all heroes wear I, capes, right? I do appreciate it. But it was just, it was something about those lights flashing at me. It was like, I was like, it was like, I was like the winter soldier. And it was the Russians like reprogramming and activating me. <laughs> well, you just, you just want to ask the guy like, who do you think you are? Like, literally, you, you Rob. You're a lot stronger than I think people give you credit for, right? Like you would yeah. bend that guy and right. you would break him. And why are you flashing your goddamn lights at I, me? Like chill the Rob, fuck out. You know, Rob's so, all upper body though. He's got no lower body strength. If this guy would have do double leg takedown, Rob, he would have been done. How much did you squat, Rob? Not, <laughs> well, I, literally. I can what's tell your you what, record. The, the, well, 750 pounds, but uh, 51. Jesus. But I, I can tell you the part of the powerlifting meet I didn't do so well at is getting stabbed by a knife that the guy has in his glove box. <laughs> that part I did not. I got actually got last place in that because I did not want to get stabbed, which is my big fear. So then we get in the car and Jenny's talking to me. And of course, I'm just ride this high of being the tough guy in front of my wife. <laughs> and she says, listen, my parents, remember, we were going out to dinner with the parents and my sister. My parents are now buying a car in Washington, D.C. and are driving out there. So it's just you, me, and my sister. And I said, oh, great. So I was so excited. I said, hey, you know what will make this even better? Let's call somebody I know is going to be ready to go. They're not packing for a trip to North Dakota with their family. Someone who has nothing going on in his life who will certainly have nothing available and he'll show up. You You would be shocked at how happy Jenny was to see Russell. It was just like that time, Russell, when you didn't think I was going to be home and you showed up at my house with circles, colored circles painted all over your body. And you walked to the door yeah. and said, it's time yeah. to play Russell Twister. And then when you saw yeah. me, you got all flustered. I, I'm like, I'm like, Russell, it is six o'clock. We have dinner at 645. He's like, yep, I'll be there. Guys, 
going on a date with Russell is unbelievable. He is such a professional dater. He is the. Oh, you think so? He is the best conversationalist. I have never seen anything like it. We covered, like, we talk about a wedding. He'd be like, what's the most embarrassing thing you've ever done in a wedding? Boom, half hour conversation. <laughs> hey, what cocktails have you guys been making at home? Boom, another half hour conversation. I mean, really, it was like a podcast in real life, except I don't say things <laughs> I have to edit out later and everybody's mad at me for some reason. <laughs> it's crazy. I don't want to one-up you, Rob, but I also had the pleasure of going on a date with Russell, except in this case, it was a true one-to-one date and i can confirm that the conversation flowed easily as easily as it ever has russell when we went to the school bus that was making pizzas russell chose the best pizza he made the right choices yeah russell is a great date yeah i mean i was sad i was sad i i honestly like i had so much fun talking to russell like i was really sad when we were done and it ended with an awkward hand job like i was like this is (laughs) he was like that's normal actually at least the end of Aaron and my date, it wasn't awkward at all. It was just, it, we fell right back into line. Well, you probably right. knew where you parked in the parking garage. So you didn't have to just hop into some <laughs> random car that was unlocked like we did. <laughs> but isn't there a point where a handjob stops being awkward, right? Like, it, I mean, it can't be awkward the whole time. <laughs> no, it was just awkward after. My favorite part about yeah, this is I've, I've been on a date with Rob and some other people within the last week. Aaron, on a one-on-one date. And I live, I live within two miles of Matt, and we haven't had a one-on-one date in years. <laughs> we haven't, not since Champs. That place is closed now. We've, we haven't You're right. in a You're one-on-one right. date I, since I wrote Champs. down a couple things after the dinner of what we talked about that blew my mind. Number oh, no. one, there was a dessert made out of buttermilk. It was a buttermilk soup, to which Russell yeah. said... I will get up if we order that. I will get up and leave this table right now. <laughs> and your wife said that, that like Russell. Your yeah, wife said that like was Russell. the funniest thing of the night. I was oh. like, how can like she must be Oh Russell, you're so she, funny. She Something doesn't Rob's even hear heard. Rob's jokes anymore. This had to yeah. kill Rob because she went out of her way to say, like, this was the funniest thing I heard all night. And, and that had to kill you, Rob, right? That wasn't even funny. When you got up to go to the bathroom, I did do the gritted teeth conversation with her. And I was like, don't you say that anymore, to Russell. You're embarrassing me. You don't embarrass me. She's still getting the revenge for a particular wedding where Rob was really <laughs> extolling the virtues of the bride. We talked about not that Rob's wedding. wedding. <laughs> I stand by that. It was the hottest bride I've ever seen. Uh, <laughs> Russell also, there's a woman who Jenny was competing against in nationals who she cannot stand. Russell easily brought her up like five times. Like e- and every time I could see her get madder, madder, and Russell kept bringing her up. And I was like, Ooh, I'm not going to say anything. This is so sweet. I love it. The other thing is Russell then pulled off the coup d'etat of any group dinner. And I highly recommend this as a move. Oh, we compared Uber scores. We compared what our scores on Uber were, how we are ranked on Uber. And it turns out Russell and I have by far the highest Uber scores of anyone on the date. So I'm going to ask everybody right now, let's get out our Uber apps and let's compare. So the the Uber actually ranks you as a rider. Now I do want to say I ride with a dog sometimes in New York city and sometimes the rider, the drivers are too bumpy and sometimes the dog barfs. So I just want to put that in everybody's mind before we start talking about Uber scores and who's better than who. I'll start. My Uber score is 4.82. Who is the nicest person on the podcast? Let's see. I am a 4.85, Rob. I'm Shit. slightly above you. You're three so Just like I'm a better me. date than you, I'm also a better Uber ride. That's than you. terrible. Click Matt, on the three lines. Okay, okay, Rosie slash my dad. Click on the three lines on the top. It says your name. Aaron, what are you at? What's your what's 4.93? Your Jesus. Holy Whoa. shit, Aaron. Wow. 4.93. Yeah. 
Also, the least surprising thing of the podcast that he would have the highest score. Because a 4.93 is impressive because that means you've had to take enough where one four, like you've got to have hundreds of fives to get a four up to a 4.93. That's amazing. Can you think of why somebody would have given you a below a five, Aaron? Doesn't that make you enraged? Probably slammed the door too hard one time or something. Does your wife give you a ranking every time she drives you around the San Francisco Bay Area? <laughs> yeah, or not? Is, yeah. Uh, this, maybe this was, I think this was not in an Uber. I think this was in Lyft, but uh, I did uh, take a Lyft once where my cat peed in the car, but I think it mostly got on my lap and not on the car, but I did uh, retroactively give a nice, a nice tip. So can I ask you, why did you have a cat on your lap in an Uber without a cage? <laughs> yeah, no, the cat was in the cage. The cat was in the, he was in there because I was taking him to the vet, Rob, because he was oh. sick. Because I was taking my you sick You asked cat that so calmly, Rob. Okay. You must know. If I was an Uber driver and I showed up and the guy was like, I'm taking my sick cat to the vet, I'd be like, nope. <laughs> Out, you're you're out. I would just say no. You're not. Here. Really I would start flashing to, my brights at you like the guy. It tells you you have to call wrong. ahead about pets, and I tried to call, and then you can't really get through to anyone. And so then the driver shows up, and I say, "Hey, I have this cat in this carrier. Are you sure you're okay with it?" And he's like, "Is the cat going to be in the carrier?" And I say, "Yeah." Yeah. And then we get out. I get I'm giving him so much water down. right now. I'm really letting him drink this water. Ooh, drink and up, kitty kitty. And I realize my pants are covered in cat piss. And I'm just hoping uh, that they didn't get on the guy's I'll car, tell you so. what. That's a great cover up, Aaron. That's why you need a fanny pack. I should have said that at the powerlifting meet. I should have said the cat peed on me. Shit. <laughs> that's what Rob said after we broke into that car after the double date the other night. <laughs> oh, my cat God. So what, what is everybody's scores again? I finally got mine. Just Matt, we're way we, past that. I know, but what's everybody's score? Ro- Rosie, we're at a four eight two, four eight five, a four nine three. I'm a four eight three, but I'm not the worst. Rob, you're, you're the uh, just above Rob. Rob. <laughs> Are you serious? I'm the worst one on here. <laughs> you're the worst one. Yep. Even compared to the cat piss guy, you were the worst one on our date. I think too. <laughs> no, no, Jenny was below me. I know for a fact she was. She, that is true. She was. She was like a four point five or something. Yeah. She was yeah. really bad. Aaron, rolling, going. How's it going with you? Oh, it's going great. I had a nice day today. Uh, I turned on the finals of the Euro Cup uh, soccer match when my son went back awesome. for his rest time today. So that felt like a strong dad move. Like, mm-hmm. you know, while he's going to go listen to his stories, I'm going to watch some soccer. So I enjoyed that. Did Roberto Baggio miss a penalty kick to lose it or not? No, but the day the, the, the English did miss some PKs to lose it. It was very sad. I didn't. I didn't enjoy it. Guys, we're talking about euros, but sometimes you got to talk about myos. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, this is a sports themed rolling going because I was thinking. So I was in Iowa last week and Minnesota, uh, seeing family. I did enjoy it, Rob. I know I I did have some stressful moments, which I will not discuss in the podcast. You're much more calm than you were earlier before we started recording. Yeah. You were but, like letting the the language fly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, we do have a bit of a vacation hangover going on in my house, but um, but it is the NBA Finals. And so I wanted to do a uh, an, an NBA Finals themed rolling going, and uh, Chris Paul, uh, who uh, they got the doorknob. Oh I yeah, it. I love the football. I like it. That was the worst part of my date with my double date with Rob was when at the very end when Rob wouldn't go home with me and he played that song. It was yeah, brutal. It's true in front of everybody. <laughs> Aaron, you played that song and everything went just fine. Just fine, smooth as silk. I got to think Chris Paul is one of the better trash talkers of our generation. And uh, you know, anytime the finals come around, there's more NBA stuff on social media. And there's been a lot of stuff, uh, interviews with folks lately about Larry Bird's excellent trash talk. I realized when I was home, I sat down one night, I was watching my grandmother play cards against my mom. 
and they were playing gin. Man, this sounds like a great vacation. It turns out my grandma is one of the best trash talkers I have ever met in my life. She will she will lay your entire life bare while playing cards. And I remember she used to play against her father-in-law, and the two of them would go at it neck and neck, tooth to tooth. Excellent trash talkers. And she's this combination of the like the Tim Duncan style, where she'll sort of like compliment a move that you made, and then like the Chuck person style where she'll say something ruthless, like when she then sticks it to you with the, uh, with the next card. So my question to you guys is who are the best trash talkers you've seen in real life? Who are the, who are the great trash talkers in your life? Cause mine, mine is my grandma Lola. I realized this last week. I, there's a guy I follow on Instagram. Who's a weightlifter and he recently beat somebody at worlds. What well, he beat, he beat somebody. That's like the world. If, if you make it to nationals, you don't have to beat anybody. If you make it to worlds, you got to beat one person. He beat somebody at worlds and he recently posted on father's day. Congrat. Uh, happy father's day to me for being Igor K's dad. Cause daddy. Cause I beat him oh, so bad. Oh, that's me. And I was like, strong. Oh hell yeah. Social media trash talk is a whole different thing. That's a, <laughs> another level strong. I was like saying that you're somebody's daddy over Instagram about powerlifting when you actually don't go against each other in any form. I think it's so good. But it's always the other the other great trash talker that I remember in my life was PJ Dotrieve, who was a high school basketball player for Ankeny High School. PJ was like 5'10, 160 pounds. PJ Dotrieve was this floppy haired guy, like a like in the pistol feet That's style. That's what I call him a penis. But he won a state title as a junior in high school, and he was an absolute legend for just shit talking anybody all day long. He didn't care and he could shoot from anywhere. So I would say uh my grandma Lola, my great grandpa Emerson, and PJ Dotrieve, those are the three best trash talkers I've seen in person in my lifetime. Aaron, I can't wait to put this as our clip for the show on Instagram. You talking about <laughs> how the three greatest trash talkers of all time are two relatives and some guy nobody's ever heard of from high school. PJ Dotry, Everyone's heard of him. You see what it, happens. If we put PJ's name in our podcast description, you never know. Think if PJ played your mom, played your grandma and gin rummy. Oh my God. It lights that, up. Right. I would pay to see that. That'd be so exciting. The problem with trash talking is, is you're never, ever like always on top right like you always right. have a fall back to grace and right. so grandma grandpa whatever they can trash talk all they want but like if you're in athletics you always get beat you always get old you always retire somebody always bests you right and so it's just never a good idea it's I, just not a good if, idea if, if i ever met aaron's grandma i would just play aaron's performance on this podcast and drop the mic and walk the fuck <laughs> away and be like what do you think of that yeah. old lady the, the dna burn i i was playing cards. i think there's something about there's something about cards of the family because you know what gets them i was playing yeah. Yeah. my sister makes us play until she wins right so my dad and i are partners we're playing against my sister we come back and beat him once <laughs> We there we're down again, and you can just see there's a comeback coming. <laughs> I said, "Yeah, do you hear that?" And he goes, "I do hear that." And he starts going chugga 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 chugga. And I go, "Oh, oh, it's the comeback train!" And then we chugga chugga, and then we give each other the victory glasses. We're giving the victory horns, and we're absolutely unbearable to deal with when we're together. Uh, Matt, rolling, going. How's it going with you? Uh, good. I'm up in North Dakota. I've got uh, just a list here of things to go through. Um, it was raining list. the other day. We can't went see to a, your list today. What's that? We can't see your list. Normally, we can see your posted. We can't see no, it today. Is a, it like a got a virtual typed? or whatever? Oh my gosh! Um, and so, okay, so I went to movie theater for the first time. It was Ooh. it was great to wow. be back. What in the kind movie, of movie really? did you see? In North Dakota, they were showing Gone with the Wind. That's the movie that just <laughs> got up there. <laughs> yeah, it was good. So we saw Boss Baby Two. It was raining up here, so we decided to go into town and and uh, and see a movie. Um, I'm paying my kid. 
to write out words he doesn't know this summer. That's kind of his thing that I'm doing. Like, and really, he thinks it's so that he learns new words, but really, his writing's really bad. So I'm trying to just get him to write, right? And so he comes back, he goes, I got, and his big thing is trying to find words that I've never heard of before. Mm-hmm. So he came down, he came down from the cabin the day, he goes, Okay, here's my words. And the first one was excoriating. And Sarah and I oh. both went, ah, excoriating. <laughs> I know what excoriating is. But then I kind of said, what is excoriating? Because you know, I don't know. So, and so um, I've been on a lot of boat rides, some things I've learned on the boat uh, out here in North Dakota. Um, there's some new TV show called Sex Life. And apparently, oh, yeah. episode three yeah. at 1942. No, all no, of the Rob's women keep talking about something from Sex Life on Netflix, episode three, 1942. I don't know what it is, but you know, I don't know if our listeners, we since that's kind of our demographic, you guys should go check it out. Apparently, everybody's talking about it. Um, oh, went to the. Yeah. I'll tell you what's Turtle a good way to Lake. not help your sex life is go visit family. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that helps. That. That, There's yeah. a joke in there somewhere. Oh. Yeah, all, all three of you got real serious on that. You've, you've been <laughs> yeah. on too many trips recently. One of the uh, one of the closest towns where we're at is called Turtle Lake, North Dakota. We went to Turtle Lake Days. They had a parade right down Main Street. It was thirty minutes. It was perfect. That's thirty oh, what minutes. What was in the, the parade? parade? Who was in the parade? What uh, was like was, the highlight of the parade? There was the you know like the fire uh, the fire brigade came through. Mm-hmm. A couple farmers. There was some old cars. The class of nineteen ninety one came through and was passing out can koozies from Turtle Lake. How many think kids did you knock over when they were throwing out candy? No, but More that's, than so that's 10 the thing is every float for 30 minutes threw as much candy. And we we yeah. ended up at the beginning of the parade somehow. Like just from, we didn't know where we were going. We just ended up there. And so the kids literally can't think of like the old, like of a backpack that you've got. They literally came back with a backpack full. Like you couldn't put any more candy in it. And so now we've got a backpack full of candy. It was unbelievable the amount of candy thrown out. Here's a tip, pro tip for parade people. Oh, if it's, I don't like when Matt does that when he says, here's a tip. If that it's was July, Matt. For parade people. if it's July and you're going to have a Rob parade at, at noon <laughs> on a <Okay>. pavement, <laughs> let's not throw chocolate out. M&M's, no good. No. Milk duds, no good. Like no. Let's, let's realize what's going to happen to that chocolate you know, as soon as it gets on, onto the street. So that's just the pro tip. Um, I, I like that the, 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 the Democratic Socialist float goes by. It's just one person in North Dakota. Whoa. Um, by the way, I will say they make you give some candy back. Uh, here's the thing. If you're a teacher and you're at a parade for your school, if you're a teacher and you're at a parade for school, it turns out it's not the same as other parades because kids on floats, it might surprise you. They will try to whip candy at you as hard as they possibly can. And so it turns a parade into a fun time into a uh, PTSD type scenario where I am now terrified of going to parades after getting hit with a cheery Jolly Rancher right in the eye. My last thing that I got on my list is I had maybe the best dream that I've ever had in my life. Oh, Matt. Matt. Wow. This is where the podcast is getting to it. It hasn't even taken 50 episodes. I love it. (laughs) Best dream I've ever had. Maybe the best dream I've ever had. I was hanging out with Pearl Jam. Oh, no. Dave Don't Grohl tell us what was filling here. in for Pearl Jam, and and Eddie Vedder asked me to come up with a set list. Yes, but much well, like all list? of these things, much like all of these things, where you know, like you you know, like, you can't think of anything, you, you can't get there. I couldn't come up with like more than two songs for Pearl Jam, and so uh, I failed. I failed uh, at coming up with a, a set list for even Pearl Jam Flo at the concert there. At. And and <laughs> Black Hole Sun. Oh no, that wasn't you. Oh no. Matt wakes up. Matt wakes up, and his wife's like, "We can't travel anymore. You got to stay home, and you're going to have these dreams." Matt, what's the opener and what's the closer? 
Open with in hiding oh, and God. end with yellow lead better because they had oh, they, yeah, they always right. they always end with a, a really calm one you know because they had a, some issues they had a trampling and horrible thing happened you know when they every these all these groups they end with like their best greatest ever ah! you know Pearl Jam ends with a soft one so they kind of bring the they're crowd so down. good they have to end with a they bad are one. they're so yeah. good I it's mean so crepes, three hours Matt in his of, dream though he was like play man in the box. They're like that was Alice yeah. Chains. Oh, so right. that's all I got. That's all I got on my list. That's what's rolling going with that's me. That's an amazing list. Yeah, I like so I like that Matt's first thing is like, well, I'm in North Dakota, so I went to see a movie. <laughs> like <laughs> like times are times are rough when you're in North Dakota hanging out with family. Russell, rolling going. How's it going with you? Rolling going. We've talked about this once before a, a while back. I went back to the gym for the first time, but now that we're kind of starting to get back to the gym real world, I've been I've been to Poor the gym I. multiple times. So I thought we could go over Jim and I again. I had to share. A few of my gym experiences, and Rob's a professional lifter, so maybe Rob will have thoughts on this, but it might be different than the rest of everyone out there. So, thought I'd give you guys a few experiences ahead of the gym, see what you thought. Is that cool? Sounds good. Let's hear it. Let's hear Russell's gym corner. Uh, uh, Oh, yeah. (laughs) Jim and I. The first one is we've talked before about someone monopolizing machine. Mm -hmm. In this case, the other day I was at the gym. And there was a man and his wife or spouse or girlfriend or whatever, but they monopolized a part of the gym for like 35 minutes where they had like three machines and they were lifting stuff. What I got to ask is if you have two people alternating on machines, are you allowed to monopolize that stuff for twice as long as you would if you were just there by yourself? Two people. I'm going to go. I'm going to go with uh, technically no, but I'm going to go with this. If they are there every single day and they've been there for 10 years and like, you know, you've got some gym cred. If you've been there for, if they're new, they haven't been around and they're just going to come in and try to use it. I don't know. I I give gym cred to people who have been there consistently throughout this whole thing, have been members for a long time. So I don't know. It's hard to tell. Essentially, Matt's not going to talk shit to someone who's stronger than Uh, him is what he's saying. Yeah. No, I'll I'll tell you what. If you're one person, if you're one person, you get to monopolize two machines. If you're doing strict supersets, if you are two people, you get to monopolize two machines. That's it. You cannot use more than two machines. You're going back and forth. If you're using three to four machines, that is too many machines to use. There's no reason that you're using that many machines. And Russell, you have a right and a duty as a gym goer to hop in. Even if you don't really want to do the lift, just hop in and do a set and say, hey, can I work in? They have to say yes. I started to. flashing my to. lights at yep. him. It didn't work for him. <laughs> <laughs> but, but which machine was it? And were they doing good, clean reps? Russ is now trying well, to next, think of a gym machine. Uh, is that, that one where you, your legs come yeah, in and the out? Adductor, and, the know, hip adductor. Yeah. Because the one, if they're doing half reps, that one, that really burns me. Like, get in there, do your work, do it for real, and then get out of there. No, they were doing, like, each would do the... Re- each would do the rep and then they would have a conversation. It was, it was, oh, they no, monopolized like yeah, a, a 10 by 10 foot area of the gym that probably would take. Did they have like a towel three to four over machines it? for a half Russell, hour. Are you they didn't have a towel, but, like here, this but no, is ours. but I'm not a, I'm not a, I'm not a break in and say, can I, can I jump in on a set? I just want my space. Yeah. I don't want to, I don't want to jump in. I'm so I just want them to move. Was along. this eight by 10 area, the men's bathroom. And it was a toilet and like the shower. <laughs> You're like, Hey, come on guys. <laughs> Is that funny? I feel like that's funnier than what you guys did. Could be. The second one I was going to ask is <laughs> this could also be different. Okay. This, this could also All be different right. for Rob because Rob is lifting is a huge part of Rob's life. But what do you guys think about small talk at the gym? People who are at the gym and they're constantly going around and instead of 
getting their stuff in. They're constantly going around their talk. They're chatting up people. They they spend an hour and a half talking to people, 10 minutes doing what they need to do. What do you think about socialites at the gym? Um, I I have there's there's a guy who's 86 years old at the gym that I go to. He lives yeah. about a block and a half my parents. He all he I mean, this is his social life, right? Like yeah, he shows up guy, yeah. so that he can talk to people. He's in the locker room talking to people. Mm-hmm. He's you know, people are in there getting dressed. And so and he's like, I, look how I'm drying my balls. I put my foot above the air dryer. I dry my balls. Yep. It inflates like a French air hot air balloon. You got to lean into that. You got to lean in a little bit just to get a little bit more oh. underneath it. Yeah. Just flying up. And you're like, what? Hey, what age do you have to get to when you can do that? And am I there yet or not? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, good. I'm glad. I, I'm glad you guys confirmed that yeah. my behavior was acceptable. <laughs> the problem is, is like you know, like I, I, I want to, I want to craft out like once a week to talk to him, and we want to talk twins, and he knows you know, all this kind of stuff. Like I want to talk to him because I understand, you know, that look, this is a social thing from him. But half the you have to strategically see where he's at, and you get him out of the gym. You know, you look. Oh, he's over there. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go left. He's over to the right. I'm gonna go left. Kind of a thing, and so. I don't know. It's you have to. I don't know. It it it, it sucks. I'm not gonna I, lie. It's horrible. <laughs> you want to get in. You want to do your thing. It's horrible to talk to people, especially when they don't want to lift. You want to lift, right? You just want to get in and out. But I think it's it's your duty as a human being to, uh, you know, at least help that person out for five minutes and talk to them. Can I recommend Russell uh, 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 something I do at the gym to get people to stop talking about me? Just repeat after me. Hey, I have a podcast. You want me to tell you about it? And I find that ends all conversation immediately. Check and check. Mm-hmm. So what, what was it? What was the experience though? Russell, did somebody talk to you or did you just see people talking? Yeah. Russell had some hot no. woman talking to him. He's like, God damn it. I'm trying to do these hip adductors here. <laughs> well, speaking of the hip abductor, my next question was going to be, should I do my 90 minute abductor routine at the beginning or the end of my set? <laughs> And is five inch shorts too short, or do I need to go to seven? Depends on the under what you're what you're wearing underneath them. I didn't think you had to wear anything at the no. gym. I thought you were good. You don't you need to stay easy breezy? <laughs> That's what I yeah. thought, Rob. Plus, you know those balls are dry. Russell's been in there doing a superset on the <laughs> on the shower <laughs> to the hair dryer. <laughs> the next real question is: Is what do you guys think of the person who jumps on the cardio machine right next to you? When there are multiple other machines they could use. So you're on the treadmill or the elliptical and there's a dozen other machines and they walk up and get on the one right next to you. Okay. 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 If there's five urinals (laughs) in in the bathroom, I go to the one right next to Rob for sure. And somebody comes in and they, they don't go to, let's say one, two, three, four, five, right? They don't go to number one or number five. They go to like two or four. That's one of these logic puzzles. Right. Yes, and then somebody else comes in, and there's two people. The third person, I mean, like you're, you're, it's all messed they gotta up. Got to make a choice. Yeah. Everybody yeah. just understands to go to one or five, and then the second person goes to three or one. You know, we're, we're I, covered. We've got three. It's the same thing. Did you hop in? Did you personally, Russell, hop into a the wrong position to begin with, and then force them to come in, Ooh, or is there me- multiple? No, options? Matt. Matt, I I am I am over analytical about this okay. thing. I walk in and I try to find the the possible spot where I can stay as far away as people as possible. So I'm going to always go one, three, five, set. I gotcha. will always okay. stay on the end, so okay. no one needs to go next to me. All right. So then the, the only other thing is for this person again, if they're like a lifer, they're in there, they've been there for years. If this is their machine and that you know that's right next to you, it's acceptable. But you won't know that until you've been there for two or three times and they're and they're in on that machine. 
you know, every time that you're there. So you got to give them a little bit of grace until you realize like, you know what, that person's never been there. So you could talk about it. Hold on. I got, I got to ask Rob and Aaron this. So let's say I'm on a machine and I'm next to Matt and Matt's always using the third machine and I'm next to it. Does Matt need to move away and go somewhere else? Or is he allowed to use his machine right now? He gets to use his machine. But I will say if you're in a gym with, uh, 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 aerobic machines, Fuck that gym. You don't need that gym. You need a gym where there's weights and there's racks and that's it. If there's any running or like heavy breathing going on, you are at the Come wrong gym. Ellipticals. Step, yeah. no, step machines. Yeah, no way. Maybe a row machine. Or two. I think the key is, yeah. Russell, when you get next to somebody like that, you just go 0.1 higher than what they're doing. You know what I mean? Oh, like yeah. they're, they're running at three. You're at 3.1. You're like, oh, no big deal to me. <laughs> I do I that. Point, I, oh yeah. Hey, if, you check in on them because then you start running and then you get like locked in step and you got to run a little faster than them. Yeah. Oh yeah, for mm-hmm. sure. If I could go point one higher than anyone, I know I would be much, I would not be single right now. I'd still be, I'd be much better off. <laughs> what you do then when you need to quit is that you take your phone, you go, hello, hello. And then you hop out the treadmill. Like you got a call and that's why you had to stop running. Not because you're, you feel like your heart is going to jump out of your chest. That's going to be an important <laughs> call from like real business. Yeah. <laughs> hello hello yes it's the dick hospital yes it is so big <laughs> <laughs> what i can finally wear five inch shorts thank you so much great oh why are you that 10 million dollars direct from my checking account because i already have no it's not money. still gray nope <laughs> color has come back thank goodness <laughs> is it supposed to be gray yes i've been yes i have been drying it with the air dryer like you said <laughs> okay, and it's still supposed to be gray like that. It's darker than the rest of my body. That's normal. Okay, that sounds good. Thank you. Glad to hear that because I was getting some looks. By the way, when you when you had Russell's uh, machine, you know, talking to his date that said this is the average size American penis, mm-hmm. that still makes me laugh to this day. Why do we have to bring that back up? <laughs> have I not gone through enough recently for you guys? Why do we got to do that? Average size, Russell is counting women as well. So that's that's the thing. It's not it's medium. True. If you take a bunch of zeros, I'm yeah. looking pretty like good. Like the medium penis size? Whoa, forget about it. <laughs> yeah. Average? That's everyone. There's a lot of zeros in there. Let's get into the album. Now, Russell sent a very nice note the other day saying, hey, you know what? The, oh, let's get into the album part. We should have a soundbite for this. I didn't do that. But I did make a waterbed <laughs> one that we haven't yeah. used yet. So let's listen to my waterbed sound. <laughs> I've got an ocean of the ocean. <laughs> you made a waterbed sounder, better, but you did make corner. Oh, <laughs> it yeah. did show to something we do every time. <laughs> All right, so great. Let's talk about waterbeds Water or Aquemini. <laughs> okay, I'm just gonna play one more. Time. I've got I an ocean, ocean of the ocean. <laughs> this is the Beck did it better waterbed corner. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> Why is that the sound of a waterbed? I don't want to get into it. Yeah. Let's talk to Clement. You know what? Why do we only have why do we only have dozens of listeners and not more? It's- this is a very important album. I really I apologize to the whole Dungeon family oh. for what is happening. All right, so do I. I'm so sorry. Okay. All right, here we go. So the it's forty. It's forty eight on the list. Rob can make his waterbuds. Waterbed hits. It's forty nine, Russell. 49. We're we're moving up this list. We're almost to. What are your three sentences, Rob? 1998. This is a 1998 album. To, to give you a little history of Outcast, Andre 3000 and Big Boy met in high school. Now, I think about like friends I had in high school and like becoming superstars with them. None of the people I knew in high school is where that happened with. That's why I waited for college guys like you to become superstars with a podcast where we have literally dozens of downloads. 
They came out, Southern Playalistic Cadillac Music came out when they were 19, and that album was certified platinum in a year, okay? So here's the thing. This album, Aquemini, is a portmanteau of their Zodiac signs, and the album is supposed to be kind of a blend of their parallel thinking of how they do an album. 1996, they came out with AT Aliens. Did I say that one right? Am I right there? You did. Yeah, yeah. And it's, Rob, and it's yeah. kind of like hip-hop, but it's more outer space jazzy stuff. And you can hear a ton of that on this album, along with the fact that guess who Andre 3000 was dating during the making of this album? What Erica you going to do with Erica Badu? Yeah, I mean, there's no doubt that Erica Badu had a huge influence on the sound and kind of the, the what you hear, especially toward the end of this album, I think, when it gets out of the the more hip-hop stuff, more into the experimental stuff. And for so he had a baby with Erica Badu. Now, he did what any guy who has a baby with somebody does and says, listen, I got to get to work. You know, you either get into like long distance <laughs> running or triathlons or you go like, I got to get to work. I got to go live at the studio. I want to take yep. care of this baby. Oh, my God. I love the baby so much. And I love you. But I got to get to work. So they lived in this studio for weeks at a time and literally just musicians would come through. So now we have a hip hop album where once again, they're bringing in live musicians. And I saw in one interview, somebody likened it to Motown, where it's just these people coming in jamming and they would take what they liked from it. And use that very similar to what we've seen on a lot of these great albums where basically this was their album where they got to really be in full control. We saw it with the Beach Boys. We saw it with the Beatles. We saw a little bit with Paul Simon's Graceland. Andre 3000 did a ton of production on this album while Big Boy did a lot of the hooks and the beats. And man, some of the hooks on this album are absolutely incredible. And uh, it still is a a little bit more of the outer space jazz theme. But toward the end, you can hear kind of a hard guitar sound that we're going to hear on Stankonia with their next album as well. This album I do find really interesting. When the Rolling Stone list first came out, this was 500 on the Rolling Stone list. It is now it is now all the way up to 49. Yeah, but the first list came out in 2005, and so it was literally like seven years afterwards. So it was it was a big deal to be on that list when when the original list sure. came out. And so, all right, you guys ready to get into the album? Yeah, yeah I'd love it. to. All right, let's get into it. Here we go. <laughs> I've got a notion. <laughs> Aaron is not amused by this. But the rest of us this are album. laughing sometimes, Rob, but you, need to, you might need to get rid of this on this album. This is not going to I haven't had Matt get it. mad at me yet on the podcast, but we'll see. This might. This could be the episode that happens. I've had too many Captain Cokes to get mad at you this week. I don't know. We'll see. You might log off early this one, too. We'll see. What do you guys think of this as the beginning, the very intro of the album? It's not like a, a banger song right off the bat. It's kind of this smooth, quiet thing. What do you guys think of it as an intro? I, you know, I, I'm just going to say this. I, This album I've never listened to before. I had trouble getting with the, the setup of this album until I listened to it a couple times. And part of it is that everything on this album to me sounded like it had way too much bass. But I was listening to it in my dad's car. And then I listened to, I was listening to Blues Traveler. And I was like, Jesus, this song has too much bass. And I was like, I think this car just has too much bass when Blues Traveler is doing too much bass. So I'm not sure. I I mean, that's the, that's the, that's the appeal to me of Outcast is that it, it rewards repeat listens. It rewards really paying attention. It rewards listening intentionally, but it also just fucking knocks, right? I mean, parts yeah. of this album just absolutely bang, but it does really require you to sit and, and pay attention. I think that's what they're doing with this first track. And the lyrics, I mean, un- I've never, I mean, I've all, I'm a huge Outcast fan, and the lyrics on this, you find new things every time every you hear time. it. Every time. Every time. So here's the deal, so guys. Dense. I when I took this album and I realized I need to get the clean version because there are so many N words in it. I was shocked. The idea that Outcast was a 
like a like a rap album with bad language blew my mind because all I've ever heard before was Ms. Jackson and Hey Ya. So I thought that's what I was going to be hearing. I was like, wait, what? So your guys' job today is convince me that I should love Outcast. How about that for a theme? Sure. There's a lot to love about it. Return of the G. It's the return of the gangster. This is is a a banger, if you will. Once they get past the intro, that intro kind of with the thumb piano, this is is the hook to get you into the album for me personally. And this to me, with the chorus, like the chorus sound like Moose it's definitely got that West Coast influence to me. And it it, like, yeah, they're they're sure letting you know, like, we're going to wrap our ass off. Like, we're going to wrap your face off. We're going to hit you with the bass. But it might get weird, too. Yeah. And a lot of this was response to people criticizing Dre for how he dressed and what he looked like, because he wasn't your classic, you know, rapper. And they were saying, no, no, no. Check us out. We're we're going to bring it. But even Outkast is, I mean, like, it's not what you think of as rap. It's not West Coast. It's not New York. It's Southern rap. And so you have to understand that. You want to talk about hooks. Is Big Boy one of the best in the game at writing hooks? Apparently, uh uh, Andre to 3000 came up with this song and big boy was at home listening to it. And he wrote the hook and he said, I got it. I nailed it. But he came up oh, with this hook and just that. nailed it. Listen Puts. to this. This was definitely on my Winamp player when I was in college. Oh, this yeah, was this on my MP3 player for sure. Winamp whips the llama's ass. And this was, but isn't this, this was the only outcast song that I remember when I was 18, you know, a college student. That I remember being really big for Outkast. Yeah. This is the only one I remember being on my win amp. You guys, were other songs really commercially hits or very popular at the time or not? Oh, Spodiody Dopalicious when we get to it. I mean, is right. about as best. But this song, and then you've got that break in the middle where they kind of break it down. is right, unbelievable, you know, with the horns and everything. And I, Yeah, that, that's what got me into Outkast. My favorite thing about this song is that I like to imagine that, that Andre was actually in the studio going, Bag a like a like a like a bag a like a like a like a bag a like a like a like a I like to imagine how long he must have Wait, what did he say? I know it was a loop. One more time, Aaron. We didn't say that's what you think about. You weren't, you weren't, you weren't, you weren't, bag a like a like a like a like a like a like a Rob, record, record. Hold on, this is a hit. What was that? Record for future episodes. Here, one more time. We couldn't hear you were away from the mic. What was that? Aaron, what if Andre 3000 was on a waterbed and he was going back a like 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 a these guys are going to hate you by the end of this, Rob. Don't I won't that. take till the end. Don't worry about that. I'm a professional. So this next song, I listened to it and I was like, God, skewed on the barbecue. This is a class. This is a hit and it's not a well-known outcast song. I'm so smart for thinking it's a hit. I look, it's the first single off this album. I was like, God damn it. <laughs> Yeah, they, they, they put Rick on it, right? It's the, the hook on this is so strong. Oh, I like that they switched up the suits to be kind of sinister and spooky because it was like they, they going for like a Wu-Tang vibe here since Rick One. And Rick One's verse on this is impenetrable. I don't know what the hell he's talking about. So Rick One's on this, and he says that oh, we weren't playing. Planning to make this big in New York with this, but this is what made Outkast respected in New York, a, a Southern rap. Raekwon from, from Wu-Tang, right? Yeah. yeah, if you get Raekwon to face on your shit, you're good. You want to hear Aaron's yeah. thoughts on Raekwon? Listen to our Wu-Tang Aaron, episode. Does, is, where, do, where does Raekwon rank, rank on like the Wu-Tang rappers? Like if he comes to your, and he's part of this, is that a huge deal? Or where does he he's rank the top. on? Uh, he's the number one. Out of yeah. like seven to, uh, I mean, for me, I put him behind. I, I I put Ghost and Ray one and two. I mean, as I mean, a lot of people would put the Jizza 
that's the jizza Rob. As the How do you pronounce that, Rob? Lyricist. But um, I, I, I think I think yeah, I think, I think Ghost away. and Ray are the top two when Ray's put on top of the team. So if he's blessing your shit, you're good, man. But man, we had thoughts on that too. On the Wu-Tang episode, Aaron kept saying about how the only one he knew is Old Dirty Bastard. He's like, oh, I really love Old Dirty Bastard. Yeah. I don't really know much about hip-hop, but, you know. That really embarrassed us when our podcast got reviewed, and that's what the guy heard, Aaron. And then, by the way, we edited out the part where we talked about the guy reviewing it because he gave me a hint <laughs> of criticism, and I and I got out of my car and started yelling at him. And he went full <laughs> flashing lights on him. <laughs> that guy just hit flasher once. Just the one little beep, beep. Yeah. The, the hook of that song where it's cast keeps it hopping like a kangaroo. I mean, it's just... you. I, I could not help sing that in the car. Like, it's just so awesome. Now we yeah. have, and Aaron, I know you like this. This is a titular track. Rock. Okay. Yes. And this is Aquemini, Aquemini. And I didn't even pause that time before I said it. Aquemini. 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 Okay. <laughs> this Andre 3000, according to the site I was looking at, they think that this, uh, his fourth verse is one of the best verses in all of hip hop history. Let's listen. Bumps and bands, close to win, count to ten, beat the twin. Andre Ben, welcome to the Lions Den. A red gen, no skin, many men comprehend. I extend myself so you go out and tell a friend. Matt and Aaron, you guys are big Outcast fans. Do you have a favorite, big boy or Andre? Is, does one of them resonate with you more than the other or not? I'm an Andre guy. I think Andre is uh, eclectic, if you will, from a rapper standpoint. We get into this. Uh, Kind of throughout, right? Like they, again, this album is their third one. They could do whatever they want because of what happened on the first two albums that they put out. They, they've got their street cred, if you will. I'm using my air quotes. They got the street cred on the first two, so they could put out whatever they want on this one and moving forward. And so, it, I think Andre, he's very much, um, he's not both of them. They're not your classic rappers, right? And they don't pretend to be your classic rappers. But they are absolutely what uh, a lot of people resonate with. You know, like, I'm not a gangster. I'm not from New York. I'm just a dude out there. And a lot of the South, uh, you know, they, they embraced who they are. And so I think uh, and I'm definitely an Andre guy over a big boy. Aaron, how about you? Uh, yeah, so um, my probably my favorite rap verse of all time, maybe even my favorite rap song, is uh, Andre's opening verse on International Players Anthem. So I'm, I'm probably an Andre guy. I love the way he plays with language and rhythm. Like I can't remember which track on here is it may be coming up later where he says it's like a tricky Odami, fill it in your tummy. So he's always doing weird stuff with language and, yeah. uh, and rhythm. And he, and he, he draws out syllables and does really interesting things, but I love big boys ear for a hook. I love his ear for uh, a rhyme. And when I bought speaker box, love below, I definitely bumped speaker box way more than love below. And that's really not fair. Cause that's when Andre was kind of trying to branch out, but I love mm. that big boy. I always stuck to what he was good at. And like, he can, he can rap a weed rap or a sex rap as good as anybody. This side of ludicrous sex so. rap. That was foul. Sex rap. I, I don't do that. Rap. You know, caveman didn't use caveman didn't use sex raps. So it's like, it's not even natural. <laughs> So it's, it's almost Aaron, what, didn't didn't one of you guys say that this this is a mashup of words? This is, is it a portmanteau or how do you say that? What does that mean, Aaron? Toes. A portmanteau Aaron, is when talk you about put toes. two words together. Where I had to look this up today because I wanted to be able to think of some some uh, examples. So words like brunch or Rob, you coined the portmanteau liner back in the day, where you would have uh, an extra meal between lunch and dinner. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the word podcast is itself a portmanteau. Mashup of iPod and broadcast. Yeah. There's another, actually, another artist who also has used portmanteaus in their song titles. Well, I want to know. And you, you guys have to check out, there's a song by Beck 
called Chemtrails, which is a portmanteau of chemicals and trails. Ooh. It has to do with airplanes or rockets that are leaving those trails yeah. in the air. Oh, Aaron. So this Aaron is, talks about chemtrails all the time. Oh my yeah. God. That and fluoride in the water, <laughs> mind control stuff. <laughs> it turns out that chemtrails, there's like a Damn big, Derek, uh, what? it's, it's a, it's a conspiracy theory, isn't oh, it, Rob? Yes. That essentially 100%. these, these trails in the air from but, these airplanes are actually like but. biological weapons. Dropping and stuff back. And Beck has written a song about this. Check this song out. This is Chemtrails by Beck. Check this out. Beck is so good. That, that's a pretty good song about about a conspiracy theory, wouldn't you say? I'm not going to lie to you guys. I voted for a candidate for California State Assembly who is on record as believing in Chemtrails. Shout out to Bob Beck. <laughs> Cool. This is why we do the podcast. Yes, Aaron, that's awesome. <laughs> Ma- Manny, Manny from South St. Paul taught me this. Hmm, Rosie, let's talk about that more. Tell me more about that. Yeah. One. <laughs> I voted for her in spite of the chemtrails issue because because I believe representation matters. So we can get into that on our politics podcast. Please don't subscribe. do that to us. Don't switch <laughs> it around way, now. We're, we're the bad either guys. way. Regardless, I got to ask you guys: when it comes to making songs with a portmanteau in the title. That may happen to reflect a conspiracy theory. Who does it better? Beck did it better. Yeah, I'm going to go with Outcast on this one. <laughs> actually, chemtrails, like when you look at the Wikipedia page, it actually says it's a portmanteau. I'm like, that's badass. If we can find a Beck song, that's a portmanteau. I love that Russ set it up by saying, I don't know what a portmanteau is. And then just dropping the hammer on us that he did know what it was. Like, I know what <laughs> But, but this is essentially the astrological sign of Andre and Big Boy mixed together, right? Did we say that? Right, right. Aquemini. Yeah. I don't know if we did. Yeah. I think That's I think Matt's had too many portmanteaus of Roman Cokes. He thinks it's one word, Roman Cokes. Roman Coke. Are you guys zodiac signs? Like I've I've been on dates with women who, like, after a first date, have asked me my birthday and my time of birth, so they can oh. see like what what my sign is and where, what moons I'm in. Are you guys a believer in the signs? Zodiac signs? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. It is the <laughs> shocker, dumbest shocker of the week, shit Matt. in the <laughs> world. I believe in you know these. what? And here, and here's the other thing. Um, in, in, you know, maybe I've had a couple of rum and Cokes, but that's all right. But like, <laughs> you know, um, Sarah, when we had her second kid, Sarah was having some pain. Right. And so this nurse came in and shit. said, can I, can I do some healing yeah. touch, right? And so she took yes. her two fingers. Yes. Yes. And she just yes. hovered them over Sarah's, you know, where the pain was, right? And it was just like closed her eyes and tried to like yes. make the pain <laughs> go away. And I'm like, oh, fucking good fucking God. I'm, I got out of there. How do I turn my Ever video off? Then, yeah. How do I turn my video off for this Zoom call? Ask that guy from CNN. It worked well for That him. sounds so much like me on a date my sophomore year of college where I'm like, have you ever had a massage with like oil? <laughs> oh, I don't want to get your bra all oily. Huh. Rob, let, let, let's talk about that. How, yeah. did, what, how did that go? What, what, tell me more about yeah. that. Yeah, it went so well we got married. All right. <laughs> so <laughs> let's talk. What are, where are we now? Oh, we're all the way up to synthesizer. synthesizer. Oh my gosh, we're, we're cruising we through. Synthesize. I, I would love to be the healing touch guy at the hospital, by the way. Hey, I'm the healing touch guy. Let me in. <laughs> Come on, come on, butt Literally, pain. Come on, two butt fingers pain. like this. You guys can see me. Two fingers is like. like <laughs> did it work? No, did it, it didn't work? The California work. guy says, "Did it work?" You dumb shit. <laughs> <laughs> All right, synthesizer. Now, I did want to. This this is Andre saying that everybody seems like synthesized experiences more. Crank the song. Oh, you know what that I got from East P.I. 
Man, I was gonna say, you know, this is why I like Big Boy though, because he throws it out there. He throws the stuff out there, and he doesn't give a fuck, you know. And so he's got these rhymes that, you know, he every song he's got something you're like, what? you know. So I don't know. I, and sometimes, like you know, you can say things to like, and people will instead of saying like, what? That's so crazy. They'll actually get real mad at you. Okay, and they'll try yeah. to criticize things you say on the podcast and say that we have to edit it out, even when not listening back to it. Maybe he wants to see if maybe it was actually kind of funny and clever in a statement about society. <laughs> this song featured this song featured George featured George Clinton. Yes, and that's what jumped out to me. But like Aaron, you're a funkadelic guy. You're a P funk all stars guy. Like, right? I know George Clinton vaguely from like Atomic Dog, but you were really into oh. George Clinton. So, uh, like, yeah. tell us about George Clinton. What did he do? And like, why is he so big in all these rap albums? Well, what's cool about calling a song with George Clinton synthesizer is that his group. Uh, his groups, Parliament and Parliament Funkadelic and Funkadelic, utilized synthesizers so much and keys so much. So I like, and I like what he starts talking about at the end about um, the digital world. I, I'm going to lose, I, I don't remember what he said exactly, but he, he perfectly went straight from analog into digital and he influenced hip hop. So he's a funk impresario. He was a songwriter. He was a band leader. And so that's why it's so cool to have him on here. But I got to be honest with you guys. I was so pumped about this song. I, I had never listened to this album all the way through. I was really stoked. And so I thought, you know, wouldn't it be great? Like if I'm going to listen to this album, I should do it right. I'm going to like get myself into a nice altered state and listen to the album. So I, so you're out sniffing chemtrails. You saw a plane fly overhead. So you went outside and breathed in the chemtrails. And now here you are. I into my dad's stash better. and, and uh, got myself into a nice, what I thought was a nice state to listen to this song. It was too much for me. I couldn't even finish it. I was like, this is freaking me out. All of these sounds on here, they're changing how their voices sound. I can't handle this. I have to be, I have to be stone cold sober to listen to this stuff. This music is too much for me. There, there's maybe a chance you couldn't finish it because the album's like 20 minutes too long with skits and other nonsense at the end of songs, it's, right? Yeah, well, that's true. But I'm talking about this song, song specifically. This was the one that I had right. to turn out. I was like, I got to go to bed. I can't do it. Aaron, much. I think the other problem is maybe getting high at a family function when you're visiting them in the Midwest is a big was, mistake. Oh, uh, man, I wish I'd been high at the family function. <laughs> no, bad. you had fun, remember? <laughs> that's the bit. You had fun. Bad, Aaron. Bad, Aaron. All right, so let's do slump. I think this was my favorite song on the album. I love the beat. I love the energy on this one. This was my number one song on the album. Yeah, I like the guitar on here. Nice posse cut. I don't know who the other rappers are on there, right? It's not. Is that Goody Mob? Are they on this one? Goody Mob. Yeah. I need to do Honor Atlanta. And so in Honor of Atlanta, I decided to go and honor the Peach State. So I've made two cocktails tonight that feature the peach. I made a Georgia peach, and I've also made a peach old. Wait, what's the drink with just peach schnapps out of the bottle? No, <laughs> what's a peach? What's what's the one where you get the fancy glass, Rob? The peach martini, uh, martini, a peach martini. I've also made, and just in really to really honor. Okay, let me see I'll the martini cast- glass. Well, I don't have a martini glass. This is the glass I had, and it's gone. I don't have a martini glass. <laughs> he has a white but, wine glass. He's drinking a martini out of a white wine glass. But so I had a peach martini, but I made sure I didn't pour olive juice into it. But I'm going to say anyways, this peach martini was dirty, dirty tonight. Oh, <laughs> that's so good. What's in, a, what's in a Georgia peach, Russell? A Georgia peach was rum, peach schnapps, orange juice, and a peach. A peach. A whole peach? Garnish. Well, I ate the rest of the peach, but there was one oh slice God, of peach Russell, in it. You, you know they have a pit in there. 
I hope you didn't eat that whole peach. You're gonna have Don't, a major problem. What do you guys think of a peach? Is is a peach an underrated fruit or not? Oh, uh, the peaches are tough because you, if you get them perfect, they're great. But if mm-hmm. they're not ripe enough, no, you know they're they're nah, no good. But if peaches they go the overripe, fruit, then yeah, they're no good. You got to yeah. get them perfect. If you get them perfect, they're yeah. about the best fruit there they're, is. They're the My best. favorite way to have peaches is in a can that was put there by a man. <laughs> in a factory downtown. By the way, Pandora Station, President of the United States of America, listening to it all weekend. It's so good. So, Goody Mob, we talked about Goody Mob, right? So, this is kind of these other guys who are great talent, you know, that were hanging out with uh, Andre and Big Boy. And Goody Mob, out of Goody Mob, they started their own albums, all this stuff came CeeLo Green. So, we right. know CeeLo Green is a pretty popular dude coming out, but CeeLo Green is part of Goody Mob, who's kind of an ancillary part of. Uh, this group. And we will not be shouting out CeeLo Green because he has had some legal problems in the last five years that has he? are not great. Oh, yeah. Let me, I'll just say this. He's taking notes on how Bill Cosby got out of jail. Oh, All right. Okay. Let's talk about West Savannah. They want to be me and my family too because the money that I make be put in cable. Is this the nine in my hand, ounce in my crotch song? <laughs> no. Is that this song or not? Is it this one? Nine no, that's y'all scared, right? Maybe it's this one? Because this is the one that was, yeah, recorded early. It's, yeah, this is the one that was originally recorded for their first album. My favorite line on this one is he, he says he's got Sade in his tape deck. So, you know, you know, anybody who's listening to Sade is good with me. But is it slowed down? Aaron's like, I wish I had a cassette tape. I love rewinding those with pencils. I think this song started off where he said, like, the day I was born, like 1985 or whatever. Why do so many rap songs start with, like, the day they were born? It's, it's, there's tons of them out there, right? Like, Biggie had multiple songs where he's like, I was born on this day and my mama said this. Like, why why does, why do so many hip hop songs start with the day you were born? That's where life begins for them. And what would your guys, other than Matt's mom about the whole umbilical cord situation, what would mm-hmm. your guys' moms have said about the day you were born? Man, I, that's a good, I've never asked my mom about the day I was born. My dad tells me stories about the day I was born. He had a headache, and he had to go to the... We, uh, we know <laughs> that we have not recorded in a long time, because we're already at an hour 30, and we're yeah, talking about going. further going. stories. I'll just keep plowing <laughs> through. So I'll tell you to talk to with each other. Right. Believe it or not, I was like a month and a half premature. My family did not know I was coming, so they had no crib set up. They had nothing set up. And when I came out, the what? doctors were like, he may never get to a normal size. He might be small the rest of his life. <laughs> you you yeah. maintained their expectations in one part of life. Every other, every other you made normal Which size. Which also is that one a thing. crazy thing for a doctor to say. There's no evidence that that's the case. That's right. A- outlandish claim for a doctor to make at the moment of birth. They have no, there's nothing that would have backed them up. That's garbage. Those people to be fair. Right after that, the doctor did say, okay, you have some pain. So I'm going to put my two fingers right over that. (laughs) Hover it. Just hover it. All right. So now we have the art of storytelling. This is kind of filthy. This is where I remember Outcast when we were in college. I don't remember them being this filthy. This is kind of filthy song, isn't it? Oh, they get into it, yeah. That's the thing. Yeah. Is like, yeah, we thought of them. Well, they like they seem like. Oh, I don't want to say this. But they seem like, you know, sort of like friendly, like the kind of rap that you could like play in front of your family. Like you think of them that way, right? But I couldn't play this album in the house. My son kept saying, like, what are the dad? What are they talking about? Like, you can't do it. There's there's some raunchy stuff in here. The art of storytelling too. This one he says he, he he's doing he's like, what if this was the last song ever recorded on Earth? And I was like, you are so high thinking about that. Oh, this is a jam. This sounds to me like Lincoln Park ripped this off for their entire career. 
There's so much happening. What I, it's a little more engineered than some of the other mm-hmm. stuff, but it sticks out. But I enjoyed it. But the real reason I liked it is I love where it's part one and part two. And it made me start thinking about sequels. And it turns out, what is your guys' favorite? Yet. What is your guys' favorite sequel movie ever? What's the greatest sequel ever in the history of movies? Easy. What's, Godfather what is it? 2. Godfather 2, yeah. Godfather no. 2. Terminator yes. 2. Terminator 2 is a way better movie Rob, than Godfather 2. Rob, Terminator 2 was the biggest movie of the summer. It turns out that was released in July of 1991. We have a 30-year anniversary of oh. Terminator 2 coming out. And so in honor of Terminator 2 and sequels, I thought we could do a list of the greatest part 2 or sequel songs of all time. Can we do oh, that list? Yeah, wow. Wow. Ultimate so this Squirts list. 2. He just sent me six <laughs> versions of Ultimate Squirts 2. <laughs> Ultimate Squirts <laughs> 2, 3, 4, 5, 6. So part of this list, there's a lot of sequel songs out there where they may reference the same characters in the song or some, but this list, you have to say some sort of 2 or part 2. There's got to be a reference to this being a sequel. Otherwise, it didn't make the list. So the first song we're going to do is Alicia Keys, Empire State of Mind, part two. This is the, the sequel to the song with Jay-Z. Check this one out. The spaciousness. What version did you guys like better? The Jay-Z one or just the Alicia Keys one? It's hard to beat anything with a Jay-Z verse, but this is so Jay-Z nice. Jay-Z has a good element, so. Mm. I've never thought Jay-Z. about either one of these songs in my life. Oh, I thought I thought that would be right up your ass alley, so we'll just move it along then. Wait, the next what did one I say? Is, that was with my alley. I, was- <laughs> I don't know. Rob's a New York guy, and he had nothing to say, so we'll just move it along. Yeah. He's a transplant, I mean, if though, that's your so number one really New York count. song, I'm kind of like, mm, you know. No, that's number five. Well, oh, okay. Well, that, that's oh. a number five sequel, I technically. Know, but- you piece of shit, Robbie. At least I try to sell your jokes every goddamn week. You can't sell one for me. The <laughs> next on, one is Be a team player. The next Sorry. one is Pink Floyd, another brick in the wall part two. Check this one out. Another brick in the wall part two. This is like the fourth one. Though. I don't know this had a part two either. This is part two? Wait, this oh, is part this is the one two. I know. It's part two? There's well, a part like one part and a part two. three, but yeah, this I, is the one you know. I don't know. This is more like a this is more like when you get a second thing in the Cracker Jacks. It's a reprise, isn't it? I mean it's it's not part <laughs> two. Does it count as part two? <laughs> like if part if Terminator Part Two was just the same exact movie, but like a different drum in the background, you'd be like, Well, that's not really a part two. Well, this list has gone to hell in a handbasket real quick. <laughs> Next song up on the list is my favorite band. This is Metallica Unforgiven 2. Anyone know this one? Is this off Good one. This is on Reload. Yeah. This isn't on Load. Reload. This is on Reload. Yeah, 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 yeah. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. This is... I'm sorry. This is not as good as the original. I didn't no, say it was as good as the original. I'm no, saying this, it's you know a good what? This sequel. is them going into their next level, and I, I appreciate this song. I got to like say, when they t- call it Unforgiven 2, and then in the song they also say you're Unforgiven T-O-O, it's pretty clever. I got to give it to him for that. It's like a that. portmanteau or something. <laughs> portmanteau <laughs> Ray me for a song. All right. You guys are shitting on everything. So I'm going to bring Wait, this back where at least anything. Aaron will like something. Aaron, the come on. Be nice to is, uh, Method Man and Red Man. I believe these guys were part of the Wu-Tang Clan. Aaron, am I correct? Uh, Method was. Yeah. And then Red Man's like an affiliate. Yeah. Okay, yeah. M-E-T-H-E-O-D, so Method Man. 
So Method Man and Red Man had a song called How High, and then they also had one called How. It was just called Part Two, but Wasn't it was the movie? sequel to How High, which is the the hit from the movie. Check oh. out this one, Method Man and Red Man. This is Method Man killing it. Like I mean, Method Man is badass, is he not? Yeah, he's one of the greats. But in the work, maybe maybe I should have said he's the best. I had a rewind earlier, but he's like, and then I'll take a, a longer, hotter wire and I'll stick it farther up your ass. Like it's just part two. It's the same stuff. <laughs> All right, the last part two song on the list. By the way, if you haven't listened to Wu-Tang, you will not get that joke, but I swear to God, it's good. <laughs> the last song, at least if if I've lost you guys on the other four, at least Aaron will be on, on my side yeah. on this one. This is The Roots, The Seed okay. 2.0. Oh! So I figured 2.0 comes. Joe, so this is Cody Chestnut. Yes. I believe he's the guitar player the hot for dog Roots, guy. Aaron. Yeah, yeah correct me if I'm wrong. You got it right. But Joey Chestnut, the guy who ate all the hot, hot dogs, dogs. He's good. Wait, no. He, was, he ate 122 <laughs> hot dogs in an hour, but he also he stole played this joke. song on the guitar, and they retooled this song. No, for the it's roots. not the so same guy. Joe, this is Joey Chestnut eats the hot dog and plays a guitar. Aaron, this guy is unbelievable. Rob, Cody Chestnut. Now, this is Joey Chestnut, the guy no, who ate the hot Joey dogs. It's not Joey Chestnut. God damn They're retooling it for the roots, the seed, 2.0. Let's let it roll. Let's let it roll. You know, you can hear him eating hot dogs in the background, too. It is Cody Chestnut. Have some respect. Mustard. Do you hear that? Rosie, let, let the music play, Rosie. Don't interrupt. I hear him eating hot dogs. This song is... I love this song. I bought Cody Chestnut's album based on this song alone. The headphone yeah, masterpiece. I, I saw Joey Chestnut's, Chestnut's record out there when he ate the most hot dogs. to the headphone ESPN masterpiece because it has some July great 4, tracks. Aaron. Not yeah. just this one. He recorded the whole thing in his bedroom, Sly Stone style. I'm You're out. right, Aaron. He does have a record. He ate so many hot dogs. He has a record <laughs> oh like my 10 years straight. It's so good. Aaron, I... Every, Every year he sets the record, they call it like Joey Chestnut 2.0, yeah. Joey Chestnut 3.0, Joey Chestnut 4.0. quits. He's out. <laughs> <laughs> that really combines everything Aaron loves of music and eating stuff. That's Joey Chestnut, Aaron's favorite guitar player on The Roots. <laughs> Aaron, is that an amazing 2.0, though? It's kind of, it's not a cover, but it's kind of a retooling <laughs> they of the song. They revamped it, That's yeah. an amazing 2.0, It's is incredible, it yeah. They, yeah, no, they, they, they. Polished up the sound. They made the drums louder. Black Thought got, has those great verses in there. No, it's perfect. And then you still get Cody Chestnut on the on the hook. I specifically kept that part in for you because I was like, this is the guy who came up with the song. He needs to be highlighted. And that yeah. was the guy who we played. Am I right? Russell, yes, we did. You played Cody Chestnut. That is beautiful. That is one of my favorite. The fact that Joey Chestnut puts those buns in the water before he eats it. I mean, that's so crazy to me. <laughs> I mean, when I think water buns, it makes me kind of think Aaron's about quit. water this beds. This is the closest Aaron's ever been to quitting. I'm a race car running on red. <laughs> yeah, really mad at Rob like five episodes ago, but yeah. nope, this is it. This is this is the moment. So that that was that was my attempt at the list of the greatest part two or the like big, it, greatest sequel good songs ever. Also, Russell, I, I realize we need to have songs. a sound bite to go out of your list because the lists always just are so good. And then we just kind of move on, but I need a sound bite. I don't have a, that's it for Russell's list for Aaron's favorite guitar player, Joey Chestnut. We are going to do the water bun corner. I came into this with full faith and credit, Aaron. This was not my fault. 
I specifically put two that I thought you would like at the end and Rob hijacked. I like that list. I thought it was really good. And I can't wait for your second list at the end of this podcast. Part two. Huh? I'm paying attention. Mamacita. Mamacita. Apparently they were recording this song with some other group. And Dre walked in and was like, I like this song. It's going to be on our album now. And they're like, okay. Who is this? Do you know? I, I look it up, people. I mean, what do you want from us? Important question about Mamacita is, Russell, have you used the Stouffer's lasagna line on any of your dates? What? Tell us what the what Stouffer's is, lasagna line is. Well, the only line I was going to use on my dates, I was going to save this for the end, but I, I'll just save it now. But the line of, you're the candy apple of my eye, you're about to get bit, has not worked on my dating apps. <laughs> is the lasagna line like, oh, sorry, it smells so much like cheese? No, he literally says something like, uh, uh, I was I was gonna write it down so I could do it, but he said it's 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 uh, one of the guest rappers on that one. He says something like, "Got your favorite Stouffer's lasagna." Like he's literally telling her, "Like in the microwave, got your favorite Stouffer's lasagna." We got to. Are you fucking serious? You you stopped me from playing Spodiotti Dopalicious, and I got to keep in this bit because my joke that I did was so good to talk about how he just mentioned Stouffer's lasagna, and that's the that's his clever lyric is he just mentions literally he Stouffer's lasagna. He tells his date that in the microwave he has her favorite Stouffer's lasagna. Like, that's his that's his clinching line. He's like, I'm, I got your I got And your, your point is that he shouldn't have a microwave because of chemtrails. My point is that Russell needs to use this line on his dates. Sport man, that's that's yeah. my point. What happens when hey, she goes home and Russell's freezer is full of Stouffer's lasagna? That's all he has. And the worst is when I don't have a microwave because I took Aaron's advice. <laughs> yeah. It's just like, well, how are we going to cook these? I'm like, that shit I don't know. takes like an hour and a half to cook. Let me tell and you. And he has three blenders because we all got him one for Christmas. We all fucked up. Spodio Dopalicious. Andre 3000 said he was obsessed with reggae for this. Matt, shut up. Let me talk about the song. So here's the thing. See, I'm spreading it around, Aaron. I'm spreading oh, it around. Jeez. Oh, Rosie. It's, just about to get it's real. moved over to me. I feel really I, bad. It's terrible. It's Matt. I'm sorry, Matt. I was, I was so looking forward to this song. Hit the music, Rob. Hit the music. Wait, I thought Matt had to I was so say about this one. No, I was so apart. looking forward to this because Matt showed us this song months ago about horns. So, Matt, right. I was so looking forward to this. I loved it because you told us about this song. Is this the first one that we've had from a list to also be on the actual list? Maybe. Maybe. Wow. Yeah. Matt, why do you like this so much? It's fantastic. Well, why I do mean, you like it? Personally, I you know, I don't, I'm not a big New York rec rap fan i'm not a big uh west coast rap fan like i i like rap as a genre if you will but this it it incorporates a whole bunch of instruments into the song right i think this is the culmination of outcast songs this is my favorite outcast song that is out there and i think you you you, uh go to idlewild what they've released in 2006 you know, and they tried to release a movie along with this album in 1998, and producers or somebody tried to put like uh, I don't know, a couple other art. They basically cut Outcast out of the movie and said we're going to do this with Buster Rhymes and wait till Aaron else, hears and they this were episode. Just like heartbroken, and they said no, we're not going to do this. But then they ended up getting their movie in 2006, right? And so I don't know. I I just think that this encompasses everything that I like about rap. You know, it doesn't have to be all about just how hardcore and gangster you are. I mean, this the musicality of all of it. And so that's why I like this. This song is the culmination of it. And you add trumpets to anything and it's great. My opinion. Loved it. That's what Russell's. That's why Russell had a trumpet in the car with me. In the- <laughs> <laughs>
hit all. Hey, Rob, you hit all the keys in the car. You you have a, you should have confidence right now. You hit all the keys on that trumpet. They're valves. They're not keys. I don't want to embarrass you, but they're valves. <laughs> Y'all scared? You guys are all scared of my I was playing this one yesterday morning, and my my son literally said, "Dad, this music makes me feel kind of scared." And I was like, "Oh God, I gotta I gotta turn this off. This one I cannot listen to." And then Aaron's like, "You know what's scary? Fucking Trump chemtrails." Can I tell you about this guy I voted for? He's got a lot of good ideas. Okay, and you know what Aaron's son said? What the fuck, Dad? Chemtrails are totally fake. I learned about that. That's why school. you are the lead host of this podcast, Rob. <laughs> Next back. up, we've got... I'm going to skip over Nathaniel because it's it's one of the skits. I did not... I got to say, I am liking this album the more and more I'm hearing you guys try to convince me of it. I The skits on this, though, are. can we just agree that this might have killed skits and for, forever? It feels like they weren't even trying, right? Like the skit about buying weed and the weed's too expensive and I'm not going to smoke that weed. I, that was a weird one. Like I didn't, I didn't quite get it. And it wasn't mixed very well. I could barely hear what they were saying. But again, my dad's car is all bass. It was. <laughs> what kind of car does your dad have? Oh, he he drives to various bass, bass contests. He has a car set up just for his bass speakers in the back. <laughs> I don't know. No big deal. It's uh, a geo. Yeah. My dad also was in uh, A Tribe Called Quest. Liberation. Is this is the one with the piano through the whole song. This is like the nine-minute piano song. Yeah, this is the extended uh, jam for sure. Got, I I really like this song. It, it it went on for a while, but it kind of felt like if you were just chilling to like a jazz band or something at a bar, it just Neo Soul. it felt relaxing. Got you guys like it or not? Coming for in. sure. Yep. Yeah, and it does. So I think, is this the one that Erica Badu sings on? Yes. Matt? Yes, it is. Yep. Yeah, you're right. So it's interesting. I didn't make this connection until we were talking tonight, but, um, you know, Jay Dilla, who ended up influencing a lot of the sound on Voodoo and later produced some of Erica Badu stuff, this is maybe early for them to have run into Dilla, but I, I, to me, I hear some of that real laid back drums behind the beat kind of, kind of sound on a lot of this album. And I wonder if, via Erica Badu or maybe it's the reggae thing that they that they picked that up because this sounds to me like a lot like the whole idea of this album reminds me of Voodoo just like hanging out in the studio see what happens mm-hmm. you know Erica Badu was also hanging around when Voodoo that's, was made that's so. a brilliant way to think about it that's brilliant Aaron wait are you are you no I'm not gonna me? tell a joke god keep fucking talking god <laughs> so yeah this to me like it, it's that similar vibe of like let's get the musicians there let's see what happens and there are these moments where they're really playing with time and laying back behind the beat and it whether it's Dilla's influence or not that's that's how it kind of sounds to me and you never hear his name mentioned with outcast but uh, you Aaron, would know. you say the beats are dragging there yeah maybe dragging your nuts on my face oh no not yeah. your nuts on my face oh no <laughs> oh <laughs> Or you know what? Maybe Aaron. Actually, I'm not going to say no. Okay. So let's think about it. After my date with Russell, I'm down for anything. All right. Next one is something I did do sophomore year of college. uh, Chunky fire. (laughs) Matt, Matt, you're an outcast fan. What do you think is this the end of the album? I thought it was pretty badass. There's a skit at the end, but what do you think of this as the closer? Well, again, I think they're doing a little bit more experimental songs they're kind of moving away from what they were doing they're they're letting their wings uh flap a little bit and so i like it you know i mean I, anything anytime you just start you've got an artist who is trying to grow as an artist i think it it uh it helps um some people they fall if you will you know they they don't do well with 
what happens is, you know, they're, they, they should just stick with what's good. You know, you think of metal uh, 80s hair bands, if you will. You know, a lot of them didn't move on. Metallica moved Have on. Have you ever heard like that. We, Beth we brought by back. Kiss? Oh, my God. It's so good. Yeah. Oh. You know, but I think they're, they're, they're doing a lot of experimenting. I they're true artists. They're moving on. They're, they're experimenting with what they've got. And, and so I like it. I, I think, you know, it's not like a, this is a top ender of all time, but, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's a good song. And you can, like I said there, you can definitely hear the guitars and it's going to yeah. lead into their next album. It's, it's pretty brilliant the way they set it up, actually, because their next album is pretty heavy. On the guitars, I'm just repeating what I said because I sound so smart. All right, let's get into. Ev- well, well, I think I think technically you're just re- repeating what Wikipedia said. <laughs> oh, right. shots fired! Eh, it might be genius.com. Not sure. All right, let's get into everybody's favorite and very. I'm sorry, Rob, don't hate me, guys. This is everybody's patented and favorite section: the rating system. I still don't know the rating system. I'll explain it to you. You know what? This time I'll slow down. Bunch, I listened to a bunch of old episodes for Greatest Hits the week before, and I still don't understand the rating system. And speaking of that, I'm, I am sorry, by the way. The the best of, I decided none of the clips were that good. I did just do a two-hour monologue where I, I got some things off my chest. I didn't send it to you guys for edits. There's some really great uh, views I have in there. A lot of stuff about microwaves and chemtrails. I think you guys are going to love it. So thank you for letting me do that and for agreeing with everything I said without listening to it. And after this episode, you're like, wait a minute. We did just let Rob release it without listening to it first. Maybe that was a huge mistake. All right. So our rating system is this. Is this. This is 49th on our list. Is this album Aquemini? And I did have to pause there a little bit. Is that rolling well tone? That means it's perfect at 49. You know what? 49. We love you, 49. Get in the back of the car with me. Is this a rolling boned? Oh, just save that for the back of the car one. Um, That means that this should be way higher than 49. Guys, this is our first like Southern rap album. This should be way Going higher than 49. The back? It should know. be up at 48, 47. Now I did recently go to the Rolling Stones website and I will say as the list goes down, you are also scrolling down. Okay. So the higher number is at the top, like most lists. So again, if this got rolling bone, it should be toward the top of the page. The <laughs> scroll wheel is not getting used as hard unless you're a page down guy. And if you are, I salute you, sir. Or is this a rolling groan? Okay, this should not be at 49. This should be at 50. And I'll tell you what, pretty soon, you're going to have to go to a different page on the list. Because again, I was scanning this list on rollingstone.com. Probably the greatest website of all time. Uh, So is it a rolling well-toned, rolling boned, or rolling groan? Uh, I think I know what two of you are going to say. Matt, what do you think? I think this got rolling boned. I think it should be way higher, uh, personally. Uh, you know, and again, we, we talk about these lists, and a lot of times it comes down to uh, genres, if you will. Um, but in terms of uh, rap artists, rap groups, rap, the genre, I think Outcast, for me personally, and again, talking to me personally, is, is about as top as it gets. Um, you know, they experiment. I'm reading Wikipedia here. You know, they're experimenting with relaxed, hyper, distorted, speedy, conversational presentations. And their, copyright. That's fine. their lyrics, un- it's, just, it, it, it's just unbelievable to me how they use them um, within the songs, within the instruments that they use. And so, I, to me, Outkast is the top of the heap when it comes to the rap genre. So, I think they got Rolling Boned. Rosie, what do you think? Yeah, I've, Rolling I've, Bone I'm, is what Matt said, and that means that it should be higher <laughs> on the list or on the website, Aaron, because I know you're a website freak. Is Lower it get Rolling Boned? Websites. 
Did it get, is it a rolling groan? It should be on a whole different page. Going to have to push, go down to the bottom. There's a little link that says uh, 51 through 100. You want to click that. It's going to take you to the next page. And then guess what? Scrolling down again. But this would actually be at the top of the second page. Or is it a rolling well-toned? It's perfect. The albums that this one brings to mind for me are Voodoo, as I said, uh, The Chronic. So just staying staying in the in the hip hop, you know, sort of hip hop, uh, neo soul R and B genre, and I don't see how it could be this far below either of those. So to me, it doesn't make sense for it to be where it's at. But I do think there are maybe a couple of filler tracks on here. Although um, I also was thinking of, uh, I was thinking as I was listening, I was thinking of Nevermind, where the you know Nevermind's at what number six on this list, and that last track is just like straight garbage. So. Um, I think given the don't forget thriller lyricism, don't even, Oh man, don't get me started. Thank you, Rob. That helps. I think given the, the lyricism and the breadth of musicality and the, the multiple styles they're integrating and the fact that it just sounds great and you, I love to listen to it. I'm going to agree with Matt and say it's rolling boned. Russell, what do you think? Rolling well-toned, rolling boned or rolling uh, grown? What was the grown sound? No, 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 no. This this podcast has been going so long that Aaron is listening to one AirPod at a time to charge one at a time. I saw him doing that's that true. classic. That's how, I, that's, how I, that's how I do it. That's true. I loved five or six uh, songs of this album. Slump is kind of one of my new favorite songs that I, I'd never heard in of. a boggy marsh, barely motionless. More presence in the United States of America coming at you. <laughs> he slump, he slump, he slump. So slump was one of my new favorite songs that I've heard like that. That's how my new favorite songs that I would have never listened to, or I wouldn't have known if it weren't for this quest. So I love this song. I love so many songs in this. I got to be honest though. It feels to me like every song on this album was two minutes too long, whether it's a skit or a chorus that went on forever and ever. And when you really get to the second half of the album, there's a lot of like six, seven, eight minute songs. This was the first time like an album where I really liked it where I kept skipping ahead on songs. I would, I would hit like the four minute of a song. I'm like, I can't do anymore. I'm skipping ahead. And so for me, it, it, it was kind of a dichotomy of, I, I love the music, but mm. it just went out. It was like baseball. I love baseball, but baseball is way too long. It's too boring. There's a bit of this outcast album where I thought it should have been 20 minutes shorter. So for me, as much as I love it, it's the first time where I was skipping songs. So I'm going to say rolling grown, but I do love the music. I would recommend passing piranhas, <laughs> passing piranhas. That's what it is. <laughs> Please don't interrupt me. Uh, I, I would, I would recommend skipping any skit on this. It's at the end of the songs. Just push the next button. I think it's, I think it's the way to go. In fact, they're off the clean version. So it goes by even faster. Yeah. Listen, you guys are all incorrect. I hate to inform you. This is a rolling South of the Mason Dixon. Oh, huh? I mean, this yeah, is, there we go. This is nice, a huge Rob. section of music that we have yet to cover. When you listen to public enemy, right? You can hear where Chronic comes from. You can hear where Biggie comes from. You can connect the dots on all those. Yeah. But this is really like Lewis and Clark heading straight south and finding like a whole new land of like this whole new sound that you've never heard of. And then when you listen to this, now I can see where Kendrick is coming from, right? With that rhythmic sound and the rhythmic rapping and and not staying on the beat so much. I I think this influenced all the hip hop that came after 1998. Even Eminem. Absolutely. Like I think hip hop changed from the real boom bap to this more complicated stuff that we're seeing now, which I just can't get enough of of this kind of uh, multi-rhythmic rapping that's going on. That's it for Aquemini. Nailed it that time again. I'm on a roll. Aquamini. 
I like what you said about I like what you said about Kendrick Rob. That's good. That's good. I should have thought of that. This does remind me of Pimp a Butterfly. That's that's good. That's yes, good I am smart, Aaron. I'm a smart guy. <laughs> Last week, I thought Rob called it Aqua Mini, like a mini Aqua. But then you guys thought he meant Aqua Mini, like a mean Aqua. Was it a mean Aqua or a no. mini Aqua? Well, I, thought I thought it was, thought it was he mini. Was he called it mini, like I was thinking of like the, a mini Cooper, like what he used to drive around in college. I'll tell you yeah. what: when you say mean Aqua, that makes me think of my favorite band, where they were like, "You're a dumb Barbie girl. <laughs> Nobody likes you." <laughs> Next up, I'm a business man. Well, I'm a breast guy myself. It's album 50, Jay-Z, oh. The Blueprints. Oh. When you want to hear about the greatest albums of all time. No edits. I got Let's just put it out. You're just too lazy I got to look it, it up online. You online. guess what I need to say. Try it. I'm all for it. If you, you want to hear from guys who chat and then they get off track. I've got, I've got a safety. I've got a pair of safety parachute. You just, you just pull the ripcord and this thing will save it. it better. I got to say, guys, this album has to have like the best quotable lines out of every, every, any album we've listened to. And so I tried to do two of them for my, my Bumble profile. And I want to see what you guys think is better. All right. The first one is, did you know that a tail is nothing but a long booty and a booty ain't nothing but a butt? Oh, yeah. I can go with go. that. Yeah, that's good. Or the other one I could go with is. Can you give me a drug so I can make seven babies? <laughs> Wait, what the fuck song is the that booty one from? Ain't nothing but a butt. That's from Synthesizer. Wow. Wh- which one should one. I go with? The booty of the tail or Rob, your wife's a doctor. Can she give me a drug that can make seven babies? I'm pulling the ripcord. Pull the ripcord, Rob. Yeah. <laughs> Just the ocean of the ocean. This is the Beck did it better. Waterbed corner. Oh, waterbed yeah. corner. Okay, Aaron, we can finally talk about Joey Chestnut now.